0: Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time, Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue, continue to discuss the issues between food production and food consumption. And I just couldn't take it anymore earlier this week. Andrew Henderson and I had a discussion about the growth in the pharmaceutical business. That, once again, got me the opportunity to dig into prescription drugs. So I thought, i got to get Dr. Nathan Bryan on. He's the only person I know that can bring logical, sound science to all of this. 6.3 million prescriptions filled in 2021 in the United States alone. Dr. Bryan, is that a true story? Uh That
1: sounds like a low number to me, Trent.
0: Well, I want to tell you million. what. No, let me tell you. I've I, uh, six point three billion, and that's oh, one billion. billion billion with the, the b. Yeah,
1: now that sounds about right. I thought you said millions. Like that's no, no. a gross underestimation. Well, yeah.
0: maybe. Okay, don't go by what I said. Go by what I meant <laughs> to say.
1: Okay, I should have learned that by now.
0: And it, we have been down this path for coming on twenty years now. Did you know we know each other for twenty years? I believe it. Yeah. And I age and you don't, so I we'll have to talk about that later. But uh, we've been down this path so many times, but I think it's just time to revisit. We, we continue to prescribe statins. We continue to prescribe yeah. all of these drugs, and cardiovascular disease continues to increase as the number one killer in the United States. I keep coming back to that discussion you had in Harvard where you asked to turn and ask this cardiovascular expert, how's that working for you? What does it take to get the message to come home that continuing to prescribe prescription drugs is not going to fix the problems?
1: Well, they're barking up the wrong tree. I mean, they've failed to understand the true mechanism of action of, or the mechanism of disease, if you will. So if your numbers are correct, and let's just assume they are, the population of the U.S. is, what, a little over 300 million now? 330 so, million. So that means every person, if we do the law of average, is on what almost three medications no more than that like five medications yeah so we know you know the the answer to health and wellness is not more prescription drugs because now you prescribe a drug then you have to prescribe another drug to mitigate the side effects of the original drug and then that drug has side effects you've got to prescribe another drug to mitigate the side effects of that and when you have when people have what's called polypharmacy on one or more medications it interrupts The body's normal biochemistry and metabolism. So there's no way they're ever going to get better. They can manage symptoms at best, manage symptoms, but they're certainly not getting to the root cause of why that person's sick or why they present with certain symptoms or or, uh, clinical syndromes.
0: I do hear more people talking about what you and I've talked about in that same period of time that, hey, wait a minute. I just learned that cholesterol is beneficial for my heart. It's not a problem for my heart. Is that word finally slowly creeping out?
1: Well, you know, in certain circles, you know, certainly not if you listen to mainstream media. Uh, you know, our body makes cholesterol. And there's a reason. Our body would never intentionally make something that's harmful for the human body. That's not how the, the great creator made us. So intentionally inhibiting the production of an endogenous molecule that we're born with the production mechanism to make uh, has severe consequences. You know, 50% of the people that die of heart attack have normal cholesterol levels. But now the standard is, and the regulations require that physicians tell you that your cholesterol needs to be below 200. And when that happens, you can't make vitamin D, you become immunocompromised. You can't make testosterone. There's an epidemic of low testosterone in men and the feminization of men. Women can't make estrogen, uh, they develop hormone disorders. Uh, you disrupt the lipid wrap in cell membranes, so you basically disrupt cell signaling. You disrupt insulin uh, signaling when people get type 2 diabetes, which is a worldwide epidemic. You know, these statin drugs are mitochondrial toxicants. There's now evidence that they're an increase, their uh, uh, cancer rates in people who have been on statins. So let me just tell you, not only is getting cholesterol below 200 a really bad idea physiologically, But these drugs are mitochondrial toxicants and are causing increased rates of cancer.
0: Yeah, and then you add on what we see developing with people who've taken the COVID jab. And it's it's no wonder why we know more people personally now than any time in our history that uh, people are diagnosed with have a stroke, have some cardiovascular incident or diagnosed with cancer. It's off the charts for me.
1: Well, look, the the rates of idiopathic seizures and and strokes and cardiomyopathy, um, you know, all these sort of unusual conditions are just running rampant in the population that got the COVID jab. Uh, And it's even worse. You know, the more boosts you get, the worse it becomes. I've got, you know, really close family members who trusted the government, trusted the media, went out and got the shots. And now they have It's called uncontrolled idiopathic seizures, stroke-like syndromes. Um, I know a number of really prominent cardiologists and and physician colleagues who have died, you know, days or weeks after getting jammed. But yet, you know, if you ask the so-called expert, there seems to be no correlation. Uh, And it's just not the facts at all. I mean, the data are very clear to us. No time in the history of mankind has there been an experiment go so badly as over the past three years. In fact, it's criminal.
0: You use that word experiment like you believe it. We're just actually wanting to see how things would go. And I actually believe that they knew how things would go.
1: Yeah, we well, you know, as a scientist, you know, you do experiments, but it's based on sound science. And really, before you ever go into humans, you have to see what happens in animal studies. And then before you even consider talking about the efficacy of a drug, you have to establish safety. And these mRNA jabs had never before in the history of medicine been tested in humans. And the ones, actually, I take that back, in the late 80s, early 90s, there was uh, mRNA or genetic uh, medicines developed, and they killed the, the pediatric patient. So they were basically put on the shelf for the next 20 or 30 years until COVID, and then they started injecting humans with absolutely zero safety data.
0: So let's just talk about the mRNA for a moment, because... I have a clear understanding, and I'm I'm standing here for you to correct me if I'm wrong. But when we made vaccines back in the early days, and let's talk about Jonas Salk and polio vaccinations, we would identify the virus. Who knew that polio was driven by a virus? But it, it was apparently, if viruses exist. But we'll just accept that they are. And you, they would take the virus itself, culture that virus, determine what was effective, how to build an immunity. I mean. Um, this is different than a treatment, this is a vaccination, how to build an immunity into an immune system so that when they were exposed to that particular virus, they already had a, self, a self-built self immunity. That's correct. Right. In today's world with the mRNA vaccines, they have simply taken, this is what they've told us, they've taken the DNA code of the same virus, whatever virus that may be, and don't need to culture the virus and build that immunity in that manner. They have the DNA genetic code and they build that virus, the vaccine. This is what they're telling us. They build the vaccine from the DNA code. My belief is that there is not a problem with the technology. It's what they put in the vaccine (laughs) with the DNA code that leads to the problem.
1: Well, there's a number of problems and it's not DNA they're using. They're using RNA. So, you're right. Way back when, <clears throat> with, with, uh, with the vaccines, you took a, a, a dead virus. Mm-hmm. Because back then, the sequencing technology wasn't so advanced where we could identify what particular epitope or sequence of the virus actually binds to human cells and, take, and is taken up in the human cell. So you just give them the, the, inocular, the, the dead virus or an uh, attenuated virus, and the body identifies whatever binding site it is. And then it goes in and then you develop immunity. So then now when you're exposed, you have recognition of that epitope or antigen in your body can elicit a robust immune response. Immunity. I'm with you. Now, with mRNA, they're basically trying to code for that. But here's the problem. I think I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Theoretically, it may be um, viable, but practically, it's turned out to be a nightmare for them. So number one, they're, they've sequenced the spike protein. So that's the Protein on the surface of the virus that binds to the ACE receptors on on human cells, and then that's what's taken up into human cells. Here's the problem: they're they're anticipating that that shot in the arm and that mRNA is incorporated into the cells. You start to generate the spike protein, and then it goes away. It, it goes away. It's excreted in the body. It's breakdown. It's broken down by RNAs. But here's the problem. Now, there's a number of clinical data out there showing that the spike protein from the mRNA is in the body, in the breast milk, in the cerebral spinal fluid, in the blood, in tissue, 60, 90. I mean, up to six months out. It doesn't go away. So now your body is generating this toxic spike protein for the rest of your life. There is no off switch. The other problem is almost every single human is infected with what's called a reverse transcriptase virus. So now these viruses, that are typically latent, maybe part of our own uh, human cells, can reverse transcribe the RNA and then now make it become part of your own DNA. So these mRNA vaccines have changed the genetic code and your own genetic makeup. And now your body, you have this spike protein, synthesis machinery encoded in your DNA
0: Clearly, it is the spike protein that's in this jab that causes the problem. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more Dr. Nathan Bryan after this Roll route. Welcome back, Trent Luce, on a Thursday edition of Roll Route with Dr. Nathan Bryan, who's not been here for far too long, I'll tell you that. I mean, well, it's been a while since he called me and said, hey, Trent, what do you need from me? Nope. always oh, just running around the world telling people about the importance of nitric oxide. I failed. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out saving mankind. And here Trent is worried about himself. Uh, I, do you know why I said go eat an egg during the break?
1: Yeah, like there's, there's the albumin and a lot of the good proteins that combined a lot of these toxins uh, that we're exposed to. Yeah, on, of course on a daily you know. basis.
0: Yeah. But I found on the NIH web, website, National Institutes of Health website, that there was a scientist in 1893 that determined that egg yolks and the proteins like you just scientifically described. I'm a cowboy, so I just say, you know, the egg yolk identifies and attacks toxins in the body.
1: Yeah, no.
0: maybe there's a reason chickens are being targeted right now.
1: Well, yeah, it's um, it's a strange world we we live in. And here's the other thing, you know, I've and I've been listening to a lot of these physicians on the front line and kind of trying to get a, an understanding of the clinical picture of these COVID, for these vaccinated injuries. Um, and you know, you don't think about this, but think about the logic here. They're saying that a shot in the arm is going to rescue you or protect you from a respiratory virus. So here, a shot here is going to protect your nasal epithelium from attachment of a a respiratory virus. I mean, if it wasn't so dangerous, it would be humorous. I mean, to think that these are so-called world's expert leading scientists that are making this stuff up and and making you believe that a shot on the arm is going to protect your nasal airways and sinuses from a respiratory infection. It's never been done in the history of mankind.
0: So What I am convinced of more so than ever, and this is where you've come into play and to directing me in my health and wellness, is that, you know, what a vaccine's purpose originally was is to prepare the immune immune system for introduction of a toxin or foreign substance and then basically kill it. We, we got it. We lapsed into we being humans and animal agriculture because I've not vaccinated an animal for two years either, Dr. Brian. And I've decided that we're much better off to go after building gut health, building the immune system, building the blood flow in the cardiovascular system through nitric oxide, which I still take and have taken every single day of my life since I met you. And that if we would all take that proactive approach, which is you've been talking about with diet and lifestyle. And all of those things, our immune system would be much better off because even back in the day when you take a vaccine, your immune system is, is drugged down for a while. And you might get yeah, some secondary in, uh, infection set in because your immune system busy doing what it's supposed to do to make the vaccine work. Forget all that noise. Just build the proper immunity so that when you're exposed to these toxins and you got enough egg yolk in your gut, you're going to be able to <laughs> overcome them with your nitric oxide in your bloodstream.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you need nitric oxide to mobilize an immune response. But what we're finding about immunology, it's really the job of the bacteria that live in and on our body is to protect us from the bad guys, whether it's other infectious uh, bacteria or whether it's from viruses. And, you know, the problem is, and this has been known clinically for, ever since antibiotics has been on the market, when, if you got a bacterial infection and you take an antibiotic, most of the time you get what's called a super infection, a viral infection, or... Vice versa, you get a viral infection, you put on an antiviral, and you become you get a bacterial infection, like bacterial pneumonia. So the re- and, and you made a very good point because if your if your immune system is fighting a battle on one front, you know these other bugs and several or opportunistic bacteria viruses can outfront you in terms of war and actually take over you. So you have to be vigilant. Your immune system has to be vigilant. You can do this by maintaining a good microbiome, both in the gut, in the mouth, on the skin. You know, over the past three years, they've told us to use um, alcohol wipes, antiseptic creams, antiseptic mouthwash, antacids, antibiotics. I mean, that was part of the initial uh, therapy, right? Take a Z-pack and all this other stuff. But you're wiping out the primary defense mechanism of what keeps humans healthy and free from infections.
0: Yeah, because we've demonized bacteria. I could spend all day talking about demonization of carbon dioxide, but I got news for you. Bacteria is your friend.
1: No doubt. They outnumber our own human cells 10 to 1, and they're there to do the job that human cells can't do. So we have to maintain a healthy microbiome in our mouth, in our gut, on our skin. And it goes back to your fame. Our, uh, most <laughs> Oh, they we're going to talk about a horse
0: rolling here? In gotta a roll
1: on a, yeah, a horse or dog, when you give them a bath, <laughs> they go roll in the dirt because you just they're trying to re-inoculate themselves. So they're a lot smarter than we are.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically it comes back to the old story with the kids who play in the dirt and ingest the most dirt <laughs> at the true. right level are the healthiest kids. I mean, it's that simple.
1: Yep. Look, we have to get back. This whole uh, hygienic hypothesis disease turns out to be right. Uh, you know, we, we destroy the bacteria in and on our body at our own demise.
0: So one final thing about nitric oxide, and, and that is that I take a, a lodges every day, but I see more and more people doing beetroot powder. What's your opinion of that? And does it matter where it comes from?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a whole process. Nitric oxide is a bioactive gas. It has a half-life of less than a second. So the, the, the thought that you can actually make nitric oxide in a beet powder, in a gel or a chew or a gummy or something like that's, again, uh, it's quite humorous as a biochemist. So what we do, so most 99% of the beet products out there don't work, don't do anything but turn your pee and your poop pink and cause a lot of anxiety. So we know how to make nitric oxide. We put that in the form of our own fermented beet powder uh, where we take the oxalates out, we we take the beet color, the the beet pulp and the beet taste out, then give you a bioactive nitric oxide powder Or in the form of a lozenge, that when that lozenge matrix falls apart, we generate nitric oxide gas. And really, that's the only way we were the first people in the world to ever figure out how to put a bioactive gas in a solid dose form.
0: Did you just say I'm wasting my time when I see beets on a salad bar? I take like three helpings thinking that I'm doing good for my nitric (laughs) oxide consumption?
1: Well, we just don't know. You know, it depends on where that beet's grown, what are the soil conditions, how it's harvested, the time of harvest, whether it's nitrogen-based fertilizers added to the soil, uh, whether they're boiled uh, or baked or stewed or canned. You know, it's just all those are, are factors that contribute to the variability.
0: You know, still to this day, with all the amazing things that you've told me, the story about how important lightning is to nutrient uptake is the one that tops them all, even above the horse rolling story.
1: <laughs> you like that, huh? I well,
0: do. think you know, about it.
1: The air we breathe is 78% nitrogen. And that nitrogen is, those two nitrogen molecules are connected by three triple bonds, very strong bonds. So it takes high energy to break that bond, to put it into a usable form of nitrogen such as nitrate or, or nitrite or even ammonia in the soil. And so that's the basis for nutrient assimilation in all plants or vegetables that are grown. So without nitrogen, you can't assimilate most other nutrients.
0: Final thing is uh, I've also determined that we have been using commercial fertilizers, uh, natural gas, nitrogen-based fertilizers so long that we have not. We've we've supplied the nutritional needs of the plant that we're growing, mostly corn. But we haven't really built soil health in the process. And I think the animal is the key component that we have to get back to because that animal is part of that life cycle that's consuming plants, which is consuming uh, CO2 from the atmosphere through photosynthesis, generating oxygen. We feed the plants to animals, animals feed the people, and then the animals actually contribute to improving soil health. We're trying to break that cycle until we maintain that cycle. We're just up a paddle without, up a river without a paddle.
1: Well, it's all part of regenerative agriculture you know i as you know i raise my own beef, grow my own vegetables, and you know I do uh, rotational grazing so the cows eat the grass, they poop, they stomp it in the soil, and we got probably the most fertile soil and I actually do soil samples so i I know exactly what's missing, and then you can supplement but you know you have to you have to do the testing
0: Where do you want people to go get more information about anything we brought up today?
1: Well, I have an educational website, drnathansbryan.com. dot uh, com. You can find me on uh, any search engines. I'm so called Googleable, Googleable, <laughs> and um, um, yeah, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter.
0: Okay, don't be such a stranger. All right. It's always that, Trent, come see me. I don't know where Nebraska's at, but you come Texas, see me. I got a boar up here. Why don't you come pick him up and deliver him back on the way home? He goes to Temple, Texas. Thank you, Nathan. I know that you've got to run. you got a meeting. I appreciate uh, part of your time. Well, I appreciate all of your time today, but it's only part of our time. We've got the second half of Rural Route still ahead. Some interesting discussions earlier in the week that uh, from Iowa that I've just got to get back to. So we'll do that in a moment. Protect the Harvest Continue. We got a text last night from Matthew Carter in North Carolina. If you've not watched the story of Matthew and Joey Carter and what they did to them in North Carolina, I mean, this is where corruption is at right here. The Joey Carter Trials, a documentary that everybody should watch, and it is the epitome. It's a perfect example of why Protect the Harvest is so important. Empowering people to take a stand for one item, one mission, not an item, a mission, a free and fed America. Truth of the matter is that we'll not maintain a free and fed America unless each one of us empower ourselves to be better citizens of our county, our state, and our nation. Protecttheharvest.com. Sign up for the free email newsletter. Check out the news stories on the homepage, protecttheharvest.com. Welcome back, everyone. Trent Luce. I had to let Nathan and Brian go. He had a conference call. And I mean, just like it's Good Friday. Well, tomorrow's Good Friday. And we just continued to try to do God's work. And in the middle of what am I going to do for the second half of the program? God sent me Rachel Box. Just like that. <laughs> Reagan. Uh, Reagan. I heard myself say Rachel. And I'm like, this isn't Rachel. This is Reagan. Reagan, how are you? Doing
2: great. How are you? Uh
0: just living life to its fullest every single day actually the truth of the matter is that i'm trying to stay two steps ahead of insanity and hope i don't stumble
2: aren't we all aren't we all all
0: right reagan box is from georgia i think are you georgia tennessee or texas which one do you want to be
2: i'm from georgia at the moment
0: (laughs) at the moment that makes it sound like it could be transient
2: uh, my whole life's been transient, being a horse trainer. But I've been here back in—I was born and raised in Georgia. And when I was 24, I moved out to Texas for the first time to start training cutting horses. So uh, it's been uh, an interesting ride.
0: Stephenville.
2: Uh, first job was for John Mitchell at Slate River Ranch there in uh, Weatherford. Oh sure. Yep.
0: Weatherford's a nice part of town.
2: Too many people for me. <laughs> I enjoyed my West Texas, New, Mex- New Mexico time a lot better.
0: You know, truth of the matter is, Weatherford has just kind of become uh, an extension of Fort Worth. That's crazy.
2: It, it is. It's all about who you know, and and just it, it, it's just crazy what all's going on. I don't know.
0: Are you still in, Are you still in the cutting horse world?
2: No, I actually quit to run for U.S. Senate here in Georgia.
0: <laughs> You're going to run for the U.S. Senate seat, and I understand that's in 2026?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I just was praying about everything, and God laid it on my heart that I needed to quit believing and trust other people to do right for me and our, our country, and that I needed to be the change I wanted to see. So, and, here I go.
0: <laughs> and are you running against an incumbent?
2: Yes, John Ossoff.
0: Okay. Democrat.
2: All he's done is be a Biden yes man.
0: If you're a yes man to Biden, you got serious problems.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, honestly, in my heart of hearts, when I've sat there and prayed about it we don't need a yes man to either side. We need people that are willing to stand the line and even stand against their own party when they're wrong. And I think that's where our countries went off track. We've all just been complacent.
0: So how do you fix it as one person, Reagan?
2: All you can do is stand there and try, but doing nothing, we're surely not going to fix it. I mean, you're going to have, we're going to have to raise voices we're going to have to educate people. I mean, just just going around talking to people. I was talking to a bunch of Burger King workers the other day, and they're like, how can you help me? And I went, stop government spending. And they're like, how could that help me? I went, do you realize that government spending, they, they tax you for it? Our school systems have failed to teach people that basic thought process right there. And, and it's just that simple. I mean... People
0: just don't know anymore. So Reagan, I'm going to make the assumption. You don't know this. Um, Last, last year in 20, uh, what was last year, 2022 in the primary election, I joined the ticket of Teresa Thibodeau, who was running for the governor of Nebraska. And it was announced that I would be her lieutenant governor. So one year ago this week, I was hot on the campaign trail, doing exactly what you just described. And of the 93 counties of Nebraska, we got into them. Um, I I absolutely encourage just the noises of the world because uh, I'm mean, if those are children, that's this life, that's what we live, Reagan. That's awesome. But I went back to my campaign. Um, we, we got into as many counties. I believe Teresa herself was in 77 of the 93 counties. I got to over 50. I joined her not until the mid-March, and the primary was first part of May. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. Through that experience, it, I, I learned that politics is 1,000 times more disgusting than I thought it was. And every single day was worth it. Because what it did most importantly is what you just described. You go visit with the people, you talk to the people. And the one thing that and it leads us into, I think, the real discussion on why you're motivated to do this. Is that there's so many people that say, what are you going to do for me? That's the problem. We have people sitting back asking the government, what are you going to do for me? And and I'm not going to coin John F. Kennedy Jr. or any, or John F. Kennedy. I'm, I'm going to say, you know, here's the deal. Our job, as if we were elected officials, our job should be to empower you as a citizen of this country and figure out how you can take the reins yourself instead of always saying, what are you going to do for me as a government or as a U.S. senator? I'm going, to yes, sir, exactly. I'm going to empower There's you no to understand the constitution. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: There's no accountability or responsibility in any of this. And that's part of the problem. Um, you look at all levels. There, there needs to be accountability on Republicans and Democrats. Everyone's just sitting here with a free for all instead of, of coming together and uniting in, in, in the divisiveness and division It's just crazy what's going on. And and even something as simple as welfare. I think we need a complete overhaul on the system. Um, I'd like to do like I think it is Denmark does. You have five years to be on welfare. While you're on welfare, government will pay for you to go to a trade school so you learn skills that can get you out of uh, poverty. But if you're not willing to to go to a, a trade school, you don't get welfare. That simple. That way you can be a productive member of society. And, and for so long, we're looking for handouts instead of uh, standing on our own t- two feet. And it's it's got to change. You know, Gandhi said, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And, and we're dragging everyone down to be the weakest link. And, and we can't function and be productive like that. We just can't.
0: So, um there's a lot of people, particularly this week, with what is in the news story every single day, and I, I try to not spend any more time on Trump than I have to because I don't believe at all he's a part of the solution. I think he's part of the problem. And, and I say that because we talk about the accelerated spending that we have taking place today. And this is, at the end of the day, what I believe is, is what we need to fix. And we need to have elected officials that don't just talk about – smaller government that can make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Inflation Reduction Act is continuing to bite us left and right. I mean, it, it's horrible what's happening with that $1.2 trillion that is being spent every day. And just yesterday, I don't know if you heard this, I, I used it on a broadcast earlier this morning. This is the core of the problem. We have the executive, CEO, Jamie Dimon, The CEO of JP Morgan, who said government should consider seizing private property to boost the number of green energy projects that are coming through the pipeline, and we must get to wind and solar immediately. And that's what that Inflation Reduction Act. Well, and they're talking about
2: confiscating private property. Absolutely. That cannot happen. which, which Which is BS in my opinion because. Just like in New Mexico, West Texas, they can put those windmills on, on private property. It doesn't. It, it doesn't affect that farmer or rancher to have a windmill there. But then I have another side where it's not even feasible. It costs more in, in the carbon footprint to make the windmills and, and the solar powered is actually worse than having a nuclear reactor. <laughs> you know, it, it. It just doesn't make sense. It's. It's not effective as far as what it costs to produce it to the energy it makes. People that have solar power houses, they can't use turn on lights after nine o'clock because they don't have the energy to, to maintain their household. They it's just not there. It's just not there to do it yet. We don't have the knowledge or the skill. To, to make it where they're wanting And to me, every single politician That's pushing the Green New Deal And Paris Climate Accord Should be tried for treason Because mm-hmm. they are attacking Our very U.S. dollar by doing that Because the only reason our dollar Is a reserve world currency Is because we are the petrodollar Backed <coughs> by oil and natural gas So they, they are creating our own collapse in our own uh, money system
0: Yeah, well, I think that we've lost the petrodollar. In fact, we talked about that yesterday. And, Reagan, most people don't even know what we just talked about and how the world has traded oil with the American dollar. And Putin started this, and I don't blame him. He said, I'm not buying oil in American dollars anymore. I'm buying it with rubles. And that leads to the crumbling of the American dollar.
2: Saudi Arabia is already accepting the Chinese one for oil and natural gas. Um, China and Brazil said they're not trading anymore in the U.S. dollar. Um, most of the BRICS nations, India is heading that way. I heard Japan's thinking about it. This is only going to compound things here in America. And that's the only reason we can have our national debt at the level we have. I mean, what what's going on is very scary as far as as our dollar strength goes
0: yeah i need to go to a break we will pick it up and finish up our conversation with reagan fox coming to us from georgia the next u.s senator from georgia 2026 we'll be back with more roll out after this now let's talk about beef, tender beef, for a moment. Certified Piedmontese is always tender. We know that because every single calf through the program is genetically tested to make sure the tenderness gene, the myostatin gene, is present in two copies. The myostatin gene is what regulates muscle growth. When the myostatin gene is turned off, or it's, it, it's this way it is, it's a mutant gene, there's unregulated muscle growth. Otherwise, we call those double-muscled cattle. The end result, the fibers are very small, very tender, and chew easy. That's why the consumer particularly is fond of the tenderness gene. And then when you make all of that tender beef into some old fashioned sausages, you got a winning combination. That's what's happening in the world of certified Piedmontese. Get more details by going to the website, com. And I might just let you know that uh, South Dakota is a great supplier of calves into the certified Piedmontese system as well. And there's a ranch coming for sale next week, less than a week away, April the 12th, Murdo, South Dakota, the Lifgren Ranch, 2,305 acres. Check out all 11 tracks online. You can do that at parodicauction.com, Perodic P-I-R-O-U-T-E-K. Dan Perodic would love to hear from you. Parodic Auction, April 12th, Murdo Ranch. Welcome back, roll route. Trent Loose, getting ready. Are you going to have ham or lamb on Easter, Reagan? Reagan Box.
2: There is probably steak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You're not complying with anything I try to lead you down. That you could no. be a good elected official.
2: <laughs> I'm not a sheep. <laughs> it's official.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm going to have some lamb. Just in the spirit of uh, Jesus, the Lamb of God.
2: So you eat Jesus, huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Breathe, eat, sleep, everything. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, I wanted to finish my other thought because... I don't want to get into a big Trump discussion, but I'm talking about the country as a whole. Under Trump, four years grew at a more rapid rate than any time in the period's history. We had the CARES Act at $2.2 trillion. $2.2 trillion, what is that? They almost passed the Save America Infrastructure Act, which was $1 trillion. Actually, amazingly, some senators said we can't carry this load. We and It was Chuck Grassley mostly that was on the front of that. And so we've been growing, and, and we and we talk about Biden, and it's just exponential what's happened. There is nobody that seems to be saying, hey, stop. We must stop all of this accelerated spending. And until we stop spending, Reagan, we're not going to fix anything. No,
2: it's, it's the modern monetary theory that they're using, which means that we can just print mon- money carelessly And not have it backed by anything. It doesn't mean anything. And that's basically what they did in World War II Germany. And we've all seen the pictures of them having to push a wheelbarrow load full of cash to buy a loaf of bread. And that's where we're heading because our government will not quit the spending. I mean, just like the 87,000 IRS agents that Biden was wanting to hire. Google it. The average IRS agent costs or their salaries, 80000 a year. Multiply that by 87000 and you're looking at $7 billion added on top of the money it would cost for office space, office furniture, everything else. You, you just can't keep going like this. And the way I see it is our founding fathers went to war for taxation without representation. And, and I can't remember where I read this. This was about 12 years ago, but, they only work one week out of the year to pay their taxes. We're having to work half a year now to nearly to pay our federal, state, and local taxes. This is getting out of control, and we've got to wake up. We 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 are modern day slaves, whether we realize it or not.
0: So we agree on all of those issues. As uh, campaigning for a U.S. Senate seat, the one question you're going to get is Reagan. What is your experience in politics or being an elected official?
2: I don't think it matters about experience. No one has ex- experience in politics to get there. And I think what matters most is I care about we, the people, instead of corporations, big tech, and big pharma. For so long, we've just elected people that we knew nothing about and I think this is where we need to become proactive and, and look at people honestly. Um it was John Adams said without morality and religion our constitution will be broken as a well goes through the cords of a net and, and we've got to start honestly looking at the honor and integrity of people that are running for office. So many times when we look at that ballot, we are trying, trying to figure out the lesser of two evils having good, decent candidates that are willing to fight for us. And I I think that heart and tribe means more than anything. Honestly, I don't want a politician in office anymore. Look at where they've got us.
0: You're speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) This is an exact story that we were sharing on our campaign trail. But you know what? I mean, we're just going to get right to it because here's where it's at. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it with a passion, and I'm trying to daily figure out what to do about it. When Teresa Thibodeau, when I knew that she was the one that I was going to support, I I didn't plan to be a part of this, plan to be a part of any elected official whatsoever. I went to several people, and I said, I'm going to support Teresa Thibodeau. And they looked at me, and to a T, Reagan, they would tell me, she's probably the best candidate for the job, but she can't win. She doesn't have enough money. And I said to each one of those people, I said, it can't be about the money. If it's all about who can spend the most money, this country is screwed. As it turned out, it was about the money. And money has become too part of an election cycle. How do you answer that? And how do you deal with that?
2: I'm just going to give it my all. I'm going to try to use... All of my associations through like the cutting horse industry, there's some very rich and powerful people in that. And I'm going to reach out to them and hope they endorse me. And also what I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to unite the ranching, agriculture, and and rodeo and horse industries behind me. Because already in California, Oregon, Washington State, and Idaho, they are wanting to shut down rodeos and, and the Western way of life. And I would be the one person there that truly knows about all of this. So I'd be a very beneficial person for to have an office.
0: Well, the one advantage that you have that we did not have is that um, you're. it's 2023. <laughs> you're talking about something that's three years away. I now, with the experience I have, wholeheartedly think I know how to do this without money. And you're going about it in the right way. And it's 100%. It takes more time, but getting to know people at the grassroots level and talking about empowering them and get them to know who yes, you sir. are and what you really stand for. So I, I'm not to, I'm not poo pooing your cause in any way, shape or form. I'm bringing out all of the things that I know you have to deal with.
2: No, sir. It's very hard what we're dealing with right now. And, and you know, like I'm not made of money. It's like I was honestly invited to a a dinner at Mar-a-Lago with Trump. But it's 25000 a plate. Mm-hmm. Who has $25,000 to pay for a meal? Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> the,
0: that's my point. We have all of these people in these positions that have never dealt with reality. I mean, no. I'm, think, I'm thinking if I got to pay $100 for a meal, I'm seeking somewhere else to eat, let alone 25000 And I recognize this is not about the food. But to your point, your point is spot on. This is why this entire system has just gravitated to a few elites. Who can pay $25,000 for a fundraiser to go dine at an event? Who can do that?
2: Well, and it's not even, I don't think you really get to even tra- talk to Trump. You just get a picture with him. Yeah. It, it's just crazy. Who, who can do this? Right. And this is where we, we have a whole system built on disillusions.
0: When there, did you make this, no Reagan, when did you make this decision to, to run?
2: Last July.
0: And how would you summarize your time? So, cause you're coming on a year, almost a year already. How do you summarize what you've done already?
2: A bunch of phone calls, just reaching out, just talking to people at a local level and, <laughs> and feeling a little bit overwhelmed. This is a David and Goliath moment. <laughs>
0: The reality is your message is going to resonate with the folks in Rome, Georgia, and the areas around the center of that state, the center of the state. You have to, to make an impact to get elected. I'm talking about Atlanta. How do you do that?
2: I think this it comes down to, like you said, being grassroots, going down and speaking to, to in the lower class areas. And actually shaking their hand and saying, how can I help you? And then educating them. I think as a Christian, I'm going to compare it to mission work. It's fine to go to Republican meetings. It's fine to state, to to go to like-minded people. But we need to be brave enough to put ourselves in those city in urban areas and talk to them and be realistic on it and and, and try to show them the difference and, and educate people that's the only way we're truly going to make a change here i think is, is if we get an understanding and work together
0: dragon box thank you for the phone call you're truly a breath of fresh air it's uh, one week ago today on this very program Sandra Dean, Dean joining me from Oklahoma, and she said, oh, Trent, I can't, I can't join you and talk about this. I'm just a mother and a grandmother. Honestly, what this na- nation needs going forward is just a mother, a grandmother. And if a mother and a grandmother, which Reagan's not a grandmother, but if the mother is also understanding the, the deal with the partnership of a horse and a round pen, I think she's pretty well positioned to go do negotiations and stand up for people in the United States Senate.
2: Only to, The only problem is Trent is I feel like some of our politicians are so out of control. They need to either be laid down or hobbled. And I think I'll get in trouble for that.
0: <laughs> I, I reiterate my point. We need somebody that knows how to take a horse to a round pen and become a partner with it. If it requires hobbling or taking them down, so be it.
2: We need it at this point because I mean, it's just yeah. like Nancy Pelosi said she the other day about Trump she went well he needs to prove his innocence well our whole legal system it says that you are innocent until proven guilty but Trump needs to prove his innocence. It's rules for thee but not me.
0: yeah I love that. Where do people go get more information about you and your campaign?
2: they can follow me on facebook and telegram on reagan box us senate 2026
0: do you have a website per se
2: not yet i'm working on that now
0: thank you reagan i appreciate it best of luck and we will talk soon and often
2: i appreciate it we have successfully
0: journeyed down the road connecting food producers to food consumers my thanks to dr nathan bryant for joining us earlier and reagan box for U.S. Senate 2026 in Georgia. All roads do lead to a rollout. route. But I want to leave you with today. The Wall of honor continues to honor those individuals that have contributed to our freedom, not only in fighting wars through the veteran activities, but also our first responders. We can't say thank you enough to our first responders who build and keep our communities strong. That would be the EMTs, volunteer firefighters, anybody who's a first responder to get it done in the community. The Wall of Honor brings those people to life. A tremendous presentation of paying tribute and honoring those individuals who've made the sacrifice. Thewallofhonor.org. And we can't run the thewallofhonor.org without electricity. The most reliable supply of electricity, Coal. Energy generated from coal is a reliable, it's efficient, and it's affordable. And we've only got 800 years of coal left. Lignite.com to get full details about the coal benefit and how life truly is powered by coal.
1: Lignite.com. Check out the I Am Lignite videos. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Good Friday.